0: Do you love the ever-changing field of digital and content marketing? Do you have proven experience developing marketing campaigns and leading a team? Named one of the best Christian workplaces in Canada, Focus on the Family Canada is looking for a Director of Integrated Marketing to join our dynamic team in Langley, BC. If you or someone you know feels called to use their marketing and leadership skills to serve families, explore current job openings today
1: at focusonthefamily.ca slash employment.
0: I make sure to give them hugs before I leave for work, and I make sure to see them or find them, search them out when I get home from work to say hi to them no matter where they
2: are. That way they know that they're loved and thought about. Each month on the date of each child's birthday, we take them out for their special day. And we celebrate. We do something fun. We grab a little treat and just enjoy individual time with each child.
1: My daughters are grown now, but uh, I always try to be available when they contact me to Uh, Text them regularly or respond quickly when they connect with me.
2: I have two boys. They're very different For my oldest he loves one-on-one time So I make
1: sure to give him that my youngest loves games and pet names So
2: we do a lot of that and we dance a lot at home
0: Some fun ideas about how to demonstrate love to your child and today on focus on the family we're going to explore even more ways to build vibrant memories for a strong family identity. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Here's a question for you, John. As parents, do we love our children? Of course well, Of we course do. we love our
1: kids, and we want them to feel that love. But guess what? Every day, life creeps in there. You've got to get breakfast ready, get them off to school, or homeschool them, or whatever you're doing, and there's this to do and that to do, and it's hard throughout the day to remember... To love our children and make mm. sure that they feel loved. Uh, here at Focus, we want to remind you to do that. And we're going to talk about that today some very unique ways that you may not have thought about that you can show your child love. And it's simple and doesn't take much time. And they get the impact of it. Mm. And that's an important thing to remember. You know, so often we downplay the love of God for us. And isn't it nice to feel the warmth and that love from our Lord in the ways that he does it for us, reminding us of something or, you know, uh, reintroducing us to a friend that we haven't seen in a while, whatever it might be. Every day as parents, we have that opportunity to make sure our kids know we love them, that God loves them, and that their future
0: is bright. And that is the message that Julie Lavender has for us today. She's a journalist and former homeschooling mom, and she and her husband, David, have four adult children and a son-in-law and a grandson. Julie's also an author, and she's gathered a terrific uh, collection of ideas in a book called 365 Ways to Love Your Child, uh, Turning Little Moments into Lasting Memories. And we'll encourage you to look for your copy at focusonthefamily.ca, or call 1-800-THE-LETTER-A-AND-THE-WORD-FAMILY.
1: Julia, welcome to Focus on the Family.
2: Thank you. I'm very glad to be here.
1: It's good to have you here, and I want to just dive in. Why do our kids translate special memories into feelings of being loved?
2: Well, I think that, you know, when we build these memories as a family, I think it helps a child feel loved and valued. Uh, You know, it creates a bond with common language of shared experiences. You know, when uh, we've, uh, we can think about those things where we've laughed together, we've cried together, we've tried to solve a problem together, um, you know, we've gone on a vacation together. Those shared experiences, that's a language that we only have that nobody else shares that with us. Yeah, it's and so good. I think that just gives us that common language. And I also think it gives us a common identity with um, that family unit And a sense of belonging.
1: Yeah. Uh, I love this next observation out of your book, 365 Ways to Love Your Child. You once retired as the mom (laughs) of the house with a three page uh, retirement note, which Jean, when I told her that, she was laughing. So you got to tell all the moms listening what was your retirement um, announcement?
2: Well, and um, that was not one of my finer moments. That was. Uh, and I how called,
1: old were the kids? That probably. Well, and I will. It.
2: That's a disclaimer. The youngest was ten. Yeah. Uh, the oldest was already in college, and I had a driver, a sixteen-year-old, and then my son would have been thirteen, so they could kind of fend for themselves. And uh, so it was my resignation letter. My, not even a retirement letter. It was a resignation <laughs> letter, and I cleared it with my husband first. Uh, I, you know, um, I, it was the beginning of. Falling prey to social media, and I was doing the comparison game, and, you know, I wasn't living up to other people's standards, and, oh, my goodness, everybody else's children seemed perfect. And I had a pity party. My children didn't appreciate me. They didn't love me. They didn't – I didn't think they spent enough time with me. I didn't think they communicated with me, and I just – I guess I'd had a bad week. So I told my (laughs) husband – I was going to resign. I started writing the letter, and it did turn into three pages because I had a little short list of things that I had done for myself that week. That was the first thing I said, you know, this is all I've done for myself. And then I had a really long list of everything I had done for them, which I I just thought was extensive, and nobody was appreciative.
1: Every mom is listening right now. (laughs) Exactly. And so,
2: um, you know, it was a really long list. It was getting close to it was in October. We were making costumes for the, uh, for the fall festival at the church. I just felt like I had done so much, and nobody was appreciating me. And um, so I told them they were responsible for their meals, for getting to dance, for getting to ballet, getting to guitar, getting to horseback. They would have to work that out amongst themselves, ask somebody else. And I, and I said, well, maybe you'll tell that person thank you instead of you don't, your mom. So I, <laughs> you know, uh, and I, I even drove to where my son was living just across town in college and stuck a note in his car. So my children were mortified to begin with, and, um, you know, I took some time for myself. What I really did was go to the library and work on some of my writing projects. But, um, you know, the crazy thing is I learned the lesson before my children. I really only stayed resigned about two and a half days. But um, Was it
1: healthy? Did you feel good about it?
2: Well, when I first did it, I felt really good, and then I felt horrible because (laughs) what happened was – I don't know. I got a little nudge very quickly that I realized, oh my gosh, this is how I treat God. I very quickly realized. I didn't take the time to communicate with him as I got really busy and I didn't communicate with him as like I should. I didn't spend as much time with him. I was unappreciative of the amazing gifts he always gives me of my blessings. I didn't appreciate my blessings. I didn't thank him for all of my blessings. And so I very quickly felt like this was me. This, <sighs> so I feel, I felt like I learned the lesson before them. They were shocked. They were stunned. I'd never done anything like that before. So
1: how did they respond though? They, in those um, two and a half days uh,
2: they were very
1: uh did it they get kind their of, attention it did
2: it really got their attention because i really did they either had to work it out with their dad i tried not to let him do too much <laughs> because i wanted them to see it was both of us together yeah. and i explained he knew about this but it really did get their attention they mended their ways, they apologized. But you know what? I sought forgiveness as well and apologized with the Lord.
1: Yeah, and that's fair. And it's so funny that the Lord quickly pointed that out to you in in your heart. Funny how he does that, you know? But you have to be receptive to that. You know, so many Christians, they'll feel like, you know, I don't really hear from the Lord, you just have to open your heart up because I well, think he's I, I sure communicating heard from him quite him often. <laughs> Maybe not on things we want to hear. Mm. But uh, l- let me ask you about those special moments. As I mentioned in the opening, I mean, we're so busy. We're getting lunches ready and moms particularly. I mean, dad's out the door. Maybe some work-at-home moms are, you know, maxed out too, you know, whether they're working outside the home and they're working in the home, whatever. But the point of that is I'm exhausted To think about those little things; those little things are going to just wipe me out if I'm trying to think about writing a note to Junior, and you know. So, how do you convince yourself this is important enough that you need to do it?
2: Well, I I think we have to be intentional. I know that's a word that gets overused about being intentional, but I I do think we have to. I mean, we're intentional about taking our vitamins or, you know, getting up and doing devotional or getting our shower and getting dressed and when we're intentional about those things, if it only takes a few minutes to do some of these small things, then it is so vitally important, I believe. Um, and I, I don't want it to feel like one more burden that the family's you know, that the parents have to do because we are so busy, but we can just add some little something. And even if we don't do something every day, you know, even if it's just a couple of times a week, the children are going to look back and think they're going to remember those things. They might not remember, oh, we didn't do it every day, but, you know, they can think back and know that yeah. They did something like that. And I,
1: I like that. Let's get into it so people can get their heads around what we're talking about. Uh, you have many suggestions, 365 of them in the book, on how to show your child love. But you kind of break them down into categories. One is showing them love outside. So give us a couple of examples of showing your kids love outside.
2: Well, one of the ways that we found to do that, my husband is a biologist slash entomologist by trade, and so he does an amazing job of teaching the kids to appreciate God's creations and nature, and so we love to get outside and look for critters. We try to listen. We try to observe with all five senses. And, you know whether you can be, whether you're playing outside. If you engage with what the kids are doing and say, "Oh, listen to that bird." Did you see that squirrel? You know, teach them to enjoy nature and appreciate nature. So you don't nature. need a
1: degree to do that, I guess. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I no, <hope> not. <laughs> definitely
2: not. Definitely not. Um, but then we would also uh, so we would just do, do things fun while they were playing. But then we would also be real deliberate. Uh, one of my daughter's favorite memories is having stick races every time we found a stream and every family member would have to get a stick and it would have to be something a little short stick and it would have to be noticeably different so that we could throw it in at one end run around to the other to see whose stick won the race and my daughter just still thinks that was one of the most fun things see i'd go
1: get a popsicle stick what about you john well that uh, would that's sleek and good has a flat look bottom for something big that has. i think it, it would <laughs> glide through that water uh, okay. What do you think? I think you'd win. carry one around in your pocket, <laughs> and then okay. So what? What's another category? Um,
2: fireflies. We love to uh, when the uh, when it's firefly season. We love to make sure we we do that. We have awakened the kids in the middle of the night, uh, early the hours, if there was a meteor uh, shower. Oh yeah. And we would lay on the blanket, lie on the blankets, and watch for the stars to fall. Um, We love to collect rocks and acorns just because, and compare size. So, so many jumping, jumping in puddles, playing with bubbles. You know, they can be very (laughs) little simple memories. But if we just keep in mind to do those things, rather than Hmm. just be with them, but just be a little bit more intentional too to do those things. Let me
1: ask you why. Some parents, and you know, moms tend to be the ones that lead this challenge, and I get that. I I would wish more dads would be that creative, engaged person, and you know, hopefully, some dads are. But why do we struggle doing these things? I mean, this is what makes life fun.
2: I think it does make life fun. I, I think, I know for me, because there were many times that I feel like all I could do was get the kids up, get them dressed teach them a little, and put them back in bed at night. So I think it's just that we're constantly thinking what we need to do next. What's for dinner? Uh, when do we need to go to the grocery store? Um, Does or,
1: that just get overwhelming to us then? Is I, that the it issue? It gets very
2: overwhelming. Mm. I think, so we don't
1: have capacity.
2: I think so. I think we just fill up with that capacity. And I think we need to give ourselves grace with that. But I think maybe we need to rethink priorities and you know, maybe not – I I shouldn't have worried quite as much about what was going to be for dinner. I needed to be more fully engaged with the kids mm. when I was playing with them outside. Mm. Yeah.
1: Julie, you also uh, used to gather calendars for your children. Now, that that's funny. Why would you give well, your children? Well, I love
2: to do that. Yeah. And I either purchased them or there's so many businesses that like to give away free calendars because they have logos and stuff. And I would start way back in, I don't know, maybe October or November. And after the kids would go to bed on about 20 of the days of each month, I would either uh, put a, st- a cute sticker Write a note, a love note, just an encouragement. Um, I think you're great. I think you're wonderful. You're a big, good big brother. You're, you know, just I would just sit, and while my husband and I were watching TV, I would just write, 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 write. So it would take a, it would take a while, but this was just something I really enjoyed doing. And then that was their little New Year's Day present for each of them. They each had their own calendar. They would hang it in their room. And most of my kids uh, marked off each day, and it was my thought that if I had had a really busy day and I didn't remember any way I had showed love to my children, or even if I had lost my temper that day or had just had a bad day, then when they marked that day off on the calendar, hopefully there was a note that reminded them, Mm. I love you, and I love you big.
1: I think that's great, and we always talk about how important it is for children to have their identity in Christ, right? And showing the love of God, which is what you're doing, Uh, even... Even in winsome, fun ways, is so critical to their little hearts that they feel loved. I mean, that's job one as the parent. You did something that I thought was really unique. You know, we did the sticks in the river race, uh, but you would acknowledge these offbeat calendar days, like, you know, National Hot Dog Day or whatever. I thought that was so funny. What would you do?
2: Well, I had the most fun collecting all of those, and I found a a holiday for every day. (laughs) And I I didn't always give them – I pretty much did it uh, at least five or six days a week. But I would write a note. uh, If it was National uh, Cheese Day, (laughs) then I would write a note, and I would say, I think you're great. And, of course, I spelled it G-R-A-T-E. I had pulled the grater, my cheese grater out <laughs> of the pantry and put it on the table with the note and then I probably, maybe we had grilled cheese sandwiches that day for lunch or something like that and in our homeschool class I'm sure we talked about homonyms that day but um, also for uh, National Aviation Day, I uh, sometimes I gave them a treat, sometimes it was just a note, so for a- Na- National Aviation Day, I bought those inexpensive planes and I the gave little them balsa the little balsa wood planes, yeah. I had a note that said, your love gives me wings and had those planes and then when their dad came home from work, we would go play as a family outside with those. Um, There was uh, another one, National Chewing Gum Day. I put one pack of gum and a note that said, um, stick with me forever. Silly, the cheesier, the better. And I remember (laughs) one year, my youngest would have only been four. And of course, she couldn't read, but she loved these ideas and she knew what they were all about. And she went running to her siblings because she found it first. She said, it's Happy Gum Day. It's Happy Gum Day. (laughs) But, um, you know, a lot of times it was... um, Just an affirmation of love. And the thing is, when the kids got older, um, they would roll their eyes with the silliness, but they loved it. They loved it just as Mm -hmm. much. I
0: love it. This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment. Do you have trouble falling asleep at night? After a long day, close your
1: eyes and find a pocket of peace with Pray.com Sleep Psalms and sleep soundly to the Word of God. Download Pray.com right now. The New Prayer and Sleep App for Christians. Make prayer your priority and join us in daily prayer. Download Pray.com today. Bring light to your day. Strengthen your spirit with Pray.com's daily prayer. Carry God's light with you. Download Pray.com
0: right now. Do you wake up and think of all the ways the day could go wrong? Does a list of worst-case scenarios play on a loop in your head? Can the littlest thing set off a spiral of what-ifs? Focus on the Family Canada has created a free PDF booklet. Filled with professional advice, biblical insights, and follow-up resource suggestions to help you better understand and navigate anxiety in your life. Download your free PDF booklet at focusonthefamily.ca anxietypdf. That's focusonthefamily.ca anxietypdf. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
1: Julie, you alluded to something that caught my attention, and that's how to be interested in what your children are interested in. And frankly, as a dad, I think we struggle with that. You know, we're interested in our things, and we want to shape you into what we're interested in, like football or whatever golf, <laughs> and the kids are going, I don't like that. <laughs> and we have to adjust. Uh, it's not easy sometimes. So what recommendations do you have for parents to be in tune enough with their children's mm-hmm. interests not to blow right by them?
2: I, I think we can so easily do that when we're busy, and I think a lot of parents do an amazing job with it. But with having four children, two girls and two boys, they, they had varied interests. And so I did try to... Um, tune into their interest and uh, so my oldest um, loved horses and loved going horseback riding and I love them from afar but I'm just a little bit afraid of them and so but I conquered that fear and uh, for a special day we went on a horseback ride um, and really loved that. My boys loved Legos so I made a point of either building with them or, when they get those magnificent creations that took hours, I would let them tell me about it. And my oldest son especially, I think my, all my children are creative, but my oldest son especially is so creative, he might give me a story about his creation longer than it took him to build it, but I tried to listen to every word because he was so creative. Um, one loved baseball. Oh my, I should have been in the All-Stars with as much baseball as I played because I just would be interested with him and tried to play, and I had to listen to the baseball players' names. My other daughter loved dance, so I would be a backstage mom for her recital. So, And when they got, the, the daughter got older, sometimes the only way I could find time with her was to watch a chick flick with her late at night after her siblings had gone yeah. to bed.
1: You know, something you're mentioning there, uh, it's one of the things I regret. I, I, I feel pretty good about the things that I did as a father, very intentional. I didn't have a dad, so I wanted to be a better dad, right? And one of the things uh, that I didn't do enough of was individual time. You know, I think partly because I had two boys. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do a date night with my girl because I didn't have girls. So whenever I did things, we'd do it all together, like right. the two boys and me, whatever that might be. And I think looking back, I caught on later when they were 16, 17, then I started to do that. But uh, that's one thing I would encourage parents. Give intentional, individual time.
2: I think so, too. And, you know, that doesn't have to be a lot because with our four and with your six, John, you know, you can't, you can't <laughs> right. do that every week. You can't do individual with each child every week. And, and that's not what we would imply at all. But even if it was one per quarter with each child, so yes, my daughter remembers that horseback ride that we went on. It was just a special time for the two of us to be together. So it's not that it has to be we can't add too many more things to a mom or dad's plate. But to take that time does help them see that they are an individual and they're yeah. individually loved.
1: Yeah. That's so true. You mentioned running errands can be a opportunity to do something unique with your kids. Now, most people that are going to the grocery store, picking up dry cleaning, dropping off something – don't see it as a fun opportunity. So, right. how do we adjust our thinking?
2: <laughs> well, I think that can be kind of hard. But I think if we just can kind of add ten minutes to the day uh, of the errand running, then then maybe we add an extra stop. We get ice cream halfway through. You might we might could have stopped at the park and played for a little bit. Or if we even if you don't have time for that, you know, when we get in the car, we're thinking, okay, I got to go here first, then I got to go there, and there. If we can kind of put that aside, maybe have our list over here. But in the car, even play some imaginary games. We we just used to love to do all kinds of imaginary things, and it might be we say, okay, we're we're playing an imaginary game of hide and seek. You can hide anywhere in your Mima's house, and we're going to ask yes or no questions, and then we're going to guess where you are. Um, so we use our imagination to come up with things like that, just to help that time pass by.
1: I think that's great. I never did anything like that. Did no, you? I, yeah. I think I really the imagination of hide-and-seek. I think that's great.
2: you know, you need no tools or uh, utensils or anything for that. You just use your imagination and words and communicate.
1: You know, another one that was in the book that I really appreciated was playing the ABC game at the grocery store. I wish I would have thought of that years ago you especially
2: know? When, when you're the homeschooling teacher then you're hunting any excuse like that you know but <laughs> but then that's fun and that helps them arrange the groceries in the cart or help you look for it on the shelf <laughs> i was
1: trying to get beyond asparagus and applesauce and then go to mm. the broccoli well, i'm
2: not sure if we got every letter <laughs> baking we soda we found most of them
1: yeah i was gonna say what'd you put for the z i don't know
2: <laughs> uh, zucchini <laughs> That would work. She's good, Jim. She's (laughs) practiced.
1: Serving others uh, together can be a great lesson for your kids. That was another thing that you mentioned. Uh, Describe how you, in essence, do the parental setup to make sure that your kids are being exposed to helping others.
2: Well, and I think that's so important uh, to show our kids to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to serve others. And we kind of fell into that. I didn't do that early on, but when my oldest was five years old, we took a trip to California, and that was his first experience seeing a homeless person uh, laying on a bench on a newspaper covered up in a in a tattered blanket. And he started asking questions, and I tried to be very honest, and I answered all his questions. And I said, you know, he's just having some trouble right now, and I don't think he has anybody to take care of him. And he looked up at me and Oh, it still makes me cry. He said, but doesn't he have a mommy? And, you know, as much as that made me feel like, well, I'm glad I've taught him that as a mommy, I'm going to take care of his needs. It just made me realize I've got to show him we've got to help others who don't have somebody who can take care of them. So even while we were on that trip, we bought coupons at McDonald's and we handed them out to the ones that we would see. We did a few other things there, but then we just tried to do other things. We baked cookies for a a women's shelter. We served in a soup kitchen, and these were spread out over the children's uh, lifetime, but uh, worked in a soup kitchen. We rang the charity bell. Uh, We would even do simple things like return the grocery carts to the corral. If there was a wandering cart in the parking lot we would return that to the corral you know and and so i really i think it made an impression because my kids uh they were very involved in church we all were and as middle schoolers high schoolers and when they were in college they wanted to participate in mission trips and absolutely loved it
1: also vacations what a great time for memories our favorite memories are probably around vacation time whether that was camping or whatever do you have some favorite vacation we do have
2: some favorite vacation times we've uh because my husband was military one thing that we did try to do and my adult daughter actually mentioned this to me and she's said one of the things that she appreciated that I taught her was to be a tourist wherever you are because we moved so often I just felt like, oh, we have to see everything we can see while we're living here. And she said that really taught her to just enjoy her own community wherever she's living, even Mm. if she's not moving. So we got to travel a lot, and we saw a lot of California and Washington and Oregon, and we just had a lot of fun with that. But one of the things that we've noticed on our trips, even though it might be an amusement park, it might be this huge mountain we were going to climb or a big ocean we saw, but one of the things when they were younger – we would play a game on the way home what was your favorite this what was your favorite that and a lot of times it was the smallest moment we speaking yeah. of those expensive uh um uh park trips we had been to one of those i don't remember which one it was and on the way back i said oh what was your favorite part well my son this oldest creative one he said his favorite part was jumping on the beds in the hotel. Now, we had just spent... <laughs> we spent $500. That's exactly right. And the funny thing was, we let him jump on the bed at home. That wasn't even the issue. It was that they had two beds. They could jump from one to the other. Over the gap. Over the gap. Well, my husband and I got involved. He stood on one side. I stood on the other to make sure nobody got hurt. We put the pillows in between so they wouldn't get hurt. And we said, this is a moat. Watch out for the crocodiles. Be sure not to get hurt. And we let them do it. We let them play. We we knew we were kind of burning uh, time at the park. But you know what? That was fun for them, and they loved it. Yeah, And that was his favorite memory. It's Mm -hmm. so
1: true. Um, I want to speak to the mom and dad that maybe didn't really get this right when the kids were younger. And, you know, busy is busy. And they're hearing this going, ah, we should have done some of this. It would have lightened the load. And now the kids are teenagers or, you know, maybe late teenage, 18, 19 what can they do to kind of recapture some of that? Would you encourage them to get a little silly and do some fun things? I
2: I think it's still worth the effort. I think sometimes they may roll their eyes. I think sometimes they're going maybe even be embarrassed. But you know what? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. And it means so much to them. My husband and I, since we've been here, uh, we came a couple days ago, we tried to take some selfies. I bombed horribly, and I but I posted those crazy uh, yeah. selfies. And my daughter, the she's the 22 year old. Her her only comment was, "I thought I taught you better than that." <laughs> so you know, she wasn't embarrassed by that post. Right. She owned it. She was That's like, funny. "Hey, I tried to help you, and you're still failing." But um, you know what? They're going to roll their eyes. They're going to be embarrassed. But you know what? they're going to be anyway, yeah. somewhat, as a teenager. So yeah. I think if we throw those things in there, and yes, it may look different how we show our love to that age, but I think it still can be recaptured. Again, I think we need to give ourselves grace if we were too busy, if we just didn't think about it or whatever, but there, there's never it's never too late to get started.
1: Julie, this has been so much fun. And for the listeners and the viewers, you can get your copy of Julie's book right from Focus on the Family Canada. And remember, when you do, I say this every time, Uh, You're joining us in ministry. Those proceeds go right back into helping marriages and helping parents do the best job they can do parenting all across Canada.
0: And get in touch with us when you call 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family or stop by focusonthefamily.ca. And we're listener-supported. Your donations make so much difference in how we minister together around the world to help families thrive. Uh, donate today as you can, either a monthly pledge or one-time gift. And we'll say thanks for joining the support team. Again, our number 800, the letter A and the word family.
1: Julie, thanks again for being with us. This
0: was a lot of fun. Thank
2: you. It has been a delight. Thank you so much.
0: We'll plan to join us next time as we hear from Alexandra Kirkendall uh, reflecting on a nine-month experiment that helped her learn to appreciate her life as it is.